Hello and welcome back to Flash Knockdown. It's season four, episode number four. We're in Belfast for this Saturday show, live on the zone from Ulster Hall, Lewis Crocker versus Jose Felix, your main event. I'm your host, Jamie Ward, alongside producer Scott Hamilton, and here's what we have coming up for you all on today's show. Tony Bellew joins me on the phone for a little exclusive scoop on his time in the I'm a Celeb Jungle. 12 and 0 rising star Paddy Donovan talks Saturday's fight and takes on our coach trip quiz. Tyrone McKenna reflects on his career and life after boxing as the hardest man in Ireland. Terry Harper looks back on the Jonas versus Meyer fight this past weekend and also ahead to her clash with Sandy Ryan on March 23rd. Great show coming up. Don't go anywhere. Well, it's a pleasure to be joined by Mr. Tony Bell, who's in the car, as you can hear. We're, we're, who's in the car with you, Tony? His name is Carson Bell, you mate. Um, how old are you, Carson? He's for me. There you go. Uh, what, what are you up to today, Tony? Because this is what people don't see behind the scenes. It's his day off. This is day off. Pay at his school. So uh, we took him to a place centre, tried to tie him out a bit, run him round and uh, see how we go. I've got to ask you, Tony. I appreciate you coming on considering you, you are out with the family. Is this the first interview you've done with a boxing-related channel since you came out of the jungle? This is the first. This is the first. Right, so do I have permission to ask you a few questions about I'm a celeb? Come on, Jerry, just get on with it. Jesus Christ, what do you want to know, lad? Firstly, I want to know, is it an experience that, that you've taken a lot from? How do you look back, if you could summarise it? How, how was the whole experience for Tony Bell, you in there? Because you did pretty well, and you became a nation sweetheart. Oh, I don't know about that, but thank you very much. I said my best, give it everything I've got, made up someone. Because as I told them before that it got announced, I said, well, no matter what happens, you're eating with that clown and with that walking stick. So I'm just happy you got it. It was a great experience for some things, an absolute nightmare for others. Listen, I've just paid, I lost 10 kilos. I've got them back, but uh, one of them things, it's a, it's a once in a lifetime experience. And I've done it. I, I, I've done it and I'll stay till the end. I got to do Cyclone, which was unbelievable. That was the best experience of the whole show. Good mates now with Sam and say we're going to do something going forward in the future. I like spending time with him, mate. He brings out the happy side to me. He makes me laugh. He's a lovely kid. He really is. And Daniel was great. Marvin Jones, I absolutely love him. He's just a diamond. I speak to Marvin regular. And yeah, everyone was was really good, to be honest. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's something that wouldn't entertain at all. I mean, Nigel Farage is someone who's a, a very peculiar person, but and he's set in his ways. But when you're in there, you just get on with people and I'm not... You know, you make it what you will. I don't have a problem with anyone, so I'll be as nice. I'll see you as nice as you'll see me. I'll take people as a fine one. I'll see you as I expect to be treated myself, and that was the best way of explaining it, to be honest, Jay. What was the, the hardest part about it, mentally, physically? What what did you find the challenging aspect? Uh, being away from the, my wife and, and kids, because I said I've been tired five years, so I, I'm with them every day, and I see them every day. Being away from them for a long period of time was hard, three weeks. I've always thought when you see people see the family, you've only been away for a couple of weeks and I've been away for, for months at a time. But it's different because I had a goal to focus on uh, and I was waiting to punch someone's face in. And when I had my career going on, I was so driven by that world title that nothing really mattered. Boxing came first. In this stage now of my life, I'm a different person. I'm a lot softer. Only around my family and I'm, I'm just a different person. I'm a different human being, mate. And that, that exposed me, to be honest. That showed me. Uh, that I am a different human being now to where I am. So, yeah, I mean, you're saying the nation street stars. I mean, I don't know about that, but I, I, I'm, I'm definitely a different person. So you, did, you didn't come close to chinning and and deck behind the scenes then? You didn't have to cut that bit out? Not a chance. I absolutely love the pair of them. Uh, <laughs> was just an absolute 
boss lad, and Declan was just was fantastic. So I loved the two of them, mate. He was just a very, very nice lad, and I couldn't think highly of them. We saw a great moment when when your wife came in and told you Everton had just won on the weekend. That was one of the best moments of the whole thing. It just shows a different side to me that I've hid away from the world of how I really am uh, with my family and how I am with my wife. So, yeah, it's the uh, only time will tell if that's a good or a bad thing, but ultimately it was a good experience on a whole. I'm happy I've done it. Hey, are you excited now, Tono, to, to get back to boxing, back to the zone and back to work? I'm excited to be back to work, mate. I love working with the zone. Uh, it's a place where I can express me views freely. Uh, the zone is, is the platform for boxing. We are now the home of boxing. There isn't a schedule like ours anywhere in the world. And we're flying. I mean, of the current schedule, of the first quarter that's been revealed, I absolutely love the Dalton Smith and Cepeda fight. I think it's brilliant. It's a really good fight. It's intriguing. And it's one I'm looking forward to. A couple of things that we've seen recently, obviously Callum Smith and Arta Betabiev. A tough one for you to watch as a friend of Callum. What was your verdict on that fight? I've known Callum since he was a kid. And uh, he's a lovely, lovely kind Part of soul. Callum's a good kid, mate. I've said, known him a long time. It uh, wasn't nice to watch, not going to lie. Uh, didn't like watching it. And But it is what it is. This is boxing, mate. And at the high end, where, where that's at, that's the elite. I've fought, I've, I've fought for the Ring Magazine like every championship in the world. Of all the men I've faced, I've only lost. I've beaten everyone I've faced besides two Ring Magazine champions. One was Adonis Stevenson. The other one was Alexander Usyk, as everyone knows. Everyone else I beat. So I know what Callum's feeling. It's heartbreaking. And it's really bad, but he gave a great account of himself. He went in there and he tried to give it to Better BF. The only bad side I'd say about it was Better BF is getting stronger with age. He's been fighting far at the time. And he was just, he was too much, mate. He was just too strong and he was, he was just, that was it. I can't really express any more than that. But it was, it was just heartbreaking to watch Callum have to go to that because everyone Callum touched in his career so far, he's got a reaction out of. And he didn't get a reaction out of Better BF. And that's what I'm struggling to comprehend. At the minute, people will make what they want of what I'm saying and, and what I'm claiming. But ultimately, mate, I, I just can't get my head around. Seems to get better with age. Now, everyone's giving me examples. This one's getting better. That one's getting better. But they're not me. I'm sorry. There's no 89-year-old in the history of boxing who has got stronger at 38, 39. It, it's impossible. It's never been seen before. As a friend, obviously, Tone, ultimately, it will come down to Callum, but people are talking about big fights still out there for Callum Smith. What, would you like to see him carry on? What would you like to see him do next? I'd like to see Callum do what makes him happy. He's got a lovely little family. He's got a couple of kids. And, you know, he's happily settled with his, with his missus and stuff. And I'd just like to see him enjoy life, mate. He's got a lovely family. Uh, he's got a good mum and dad. And, and yeah, I, just, I only wish him luck, mate. Uh, Whatever makes him happy. I know he'll have a bit in him that won't want to go out like that because I went out in a similar way getting stopped by Usyk. But as long as only you deep down will know if you've done enough and if you're happy or not. And only and, and time will tell. The thing I'll say about Callum is he, he's not old. He's young. And I'll tell you something now, mate. I'd still have him as the best life ever in this country. What do you make, Ty? You mentioned Usyk there. What What do you make of the, the, the recent story we've seen of Jai Opataya supposedly leaving the Fury camp after yeah, yeah. a few rounds. Yes, was the surprise me. Fury's not going to want hard sparring like Jai's going to give. Jai's a monster, mate. Kids are probably genuine killer. I don't think he beats Alexander Usyk unless Usyk's absolutely done when he comes back down away. But I think he's a killer, mate. I think he's he's an unbelievable cruiserweight. Uh, he gives you opportunities to hit him, Jai. 
he's a lot easier to hit than Usyk is. Uh, but as for his explosive power and his feet and his ring generalship, he's he's absolutely fantastic. I can't speak highly of Jai Upside enough. As for Tyson Fury, he'll do Tyson Fury will do whatever suits him. Tyson Fury right now is is, is an unbelievably gifted heavyweight, but he, he's got a lot to prove at the minute after that show and against Francis and Garnet. He's got an awful lot to show and prove. And I think he knows that. And it just depends how it unfolds, mate, or all of it unfolds in the in February with him and Usyk. But listen, I'm not gonna lie, mate. I predicted Usyk at the start and I'm predicting Usyk now. I think he just beats him. Why do you think you mentioned Ngannou that time? Why do you think the uh, the AJ and Garnu fight? Does it make sense right now? And what's your thoughts on that aspect? Absolutely, absolutely makes sense. Why doesn't it? He's just pushed everyone going on the Lanial heavyweight champion. Well, to be honest, with you, the Lanial heavyweight champions, Alexander Usyk, he's the guy who's walking around with the big magazine belt. But everyone's changed it now, isn't it? Oh, you've got to beat him. He's got this belt. It, it all came down to two years ago. Tyson Fury, the Neil champion, he's got the ring magazine belt. Well, he hasn't got the ring magazine belt because all the time Usyk's got it. So, is he the Neil champion or is he not? And then they go, well, you've got to defeat him to, to do this. Well, we, we should all thank our, our lucky stars because right now, if everyone's going by that procedure, Francis Ngannou could be the Neil every champion of the world and we all know he could be. I'm not saying he got robbed because that's a wrong way to use, but... I'll tell you something, mate. If he'd have gone it on the night, no one could have complained. It was that close. It was razor thin. So I don't know where we're, where we're exactly at with the old France Garden. What I will say is, is I think it's a brilliant fight for Josh. And I think he goes in there, mate, and takes him apart. I really do. I just don't see how he's going to make up that, ex that, ring, that ring experience inside two fights. He's having a second professional fight against a man who's a former unified every champion in the world. He's got a completely different style set and skill set to Tyson Fury and someone who's, who's back to performing at his best levels. That's where, that's where Anthony Gretchen was at. But I think it's a perfect match for me, to be totally honest. Stops him within six rounds. Do you think he'll want to make a statement because of what happened in the Fury? Of course, mate. He always wants to make a statement, Josh. He, he's a boxing purist. He studies the game. He pays attention to it. He understands what people are saying outside the boxing and he pays attention to that, which I don't like that he does that. I wish he wouldn't, but he does pay attention. So, He's going to want to go and shut everybody up. I've seen this week that John Fiori's come out, giving it the big one of, oh, everyone flops and folds when they face Anthony Joshua because of his muscles. Get a grip, mate. Get a grip. Bodies don't win fights. No one's in, no one's intimidated by muscles in a boxing ring. No fighter. What's happened is Styles make fights and Otto Wallen gave Fiori hell and Tyson Man and Anthony Joshua just dispatched him. Whereas Billy and White... Gave Anthony Joshua hell and Tyson Fury dispatched of him. It's called styles make fights. If you're educated and know your boxing, you'd understand that. Uh, like Deontay Wilder will cause Anthony Joshua all kinds of problems until he gets flattened. Uh, well, the old version of Deontay Wilder, not the version I've seen turn up against Joseph Parker. But then once again, is that because I'm, I'm a distracted from Joseph Parker's performance? I don't know. Styles make fights. We always come back to the old scenario. So I don't know, mate, how it's going to fully pan out. But ultimately, right now, it's uh, it is what it is. What do you think, Tony, of the the newfound relationship business between Eddie Hearn and, and Mr. Frank Warren? I couldn't give a shit, mate. To be honest, uh, I'll leave them to me. Crack on. So if this if this five v five tournament happens between Matcham and Queensbury, that's one yeah. we don't want to lose. <laughs> we'll win, we'll win all day, mate. I mean, it, it depends on. I'd have a look at the matchups myself, but but I, I just our stable. It's the best stable in the world. There's just no two ways about that. 
like that doesn't even come into, into comparison. The only stable that could compete with ours and has got a fair few stars, to be honest, is PBC. They are the, they're the stable of killers, but they don't fight often enough. And they're not regular. And they're not out regular. And you've just seen, as I said before, the biggest one of the biggest names on PBC suffer because of lack of activity and Errol Spence. Goes in the ring against Bud Crawford. He's been out the ring too long. I'm not saying it would have made a difference because Crawford's exceptional. But it, it is what it is, mate. It's just they're, they're the only... They're the only team in world boxing that can even come close to our stable as PBC. Have you got a fight you'd make? Have you got a fight you'd like, Matram versus Queensbury? What sticks out for you? Obviously, the big one, AJ Fjord. Up down to Cruiserweight, he will go try upside against... Take your pick, mate. No one even. No one. And light heavyweight, Callum Smith. Pick who you want, lad. Do you really think Anthony Yard would be Callum Smith? Do not know. Stop. The middleweight, Phoenix Cash. I'm just saying that's a good kid. He's not a bad fight. I don't know, but what I do know is, me is Matchroom will not lose to Queensbury. It's best to be best. Uh, are you in Belfast this week? Yes, mate. I'm arriving Saturday afternoon. Any, any fights in particular you're looking forward to? Chev Clark, Tommy McCarthy, your old division? Really good fight. Uh, former sparring partner, like Tommy McCarthy. Good kid. Uh, game fighter. I think Chev Clark's a brilliant fighter. Someone I always help. Uh, he always calls me up for a little bit of advice. Yeah, I really like Chev. Really good fighter. Coming on leaps and bounds. Yeah, I, I rate them. I rate it. It's a good fight. I just, this is really the last roll of the dice for Tom McCarthy. So when you're in that, the, the uh, when you're in that, that last niche club, you know, you, you tend to bring out your very, very best. And yeah, this is a big, big make or break fight for someone like Tom McCarthy because he doesn't want to be, he doesn't want to be that gatekeeper to the next level. And if he loses this fight, that's what he becomes. So, you know, Chev's got it all to do. I, I say, I really like Chev. He's a good fighter. Uh, technically very good. Skill, speed, power. He, he, he can do the lot. So it'll be good to see him, mate. See what he can do. I, uh, I look forward to catching up with you very soon, mate. Take it easy, champ. We'll see you, Safi. Well, I'm very happy to say joining us on the show right now. Where are you, Terry? Doncaster? Doncaster. Doncaster, is it rainy or sunny Doncaster? Because it's very rainy Belfast. Yeah, no, it's been it's been nice weather today. Lucky for some. Joining us from a very sunny Denby in Doncaster is Terry Harper, and I believe Terry, this is now what we're calling the the hat trick glove. This is your third appearance on Flash Knockdown, and for someone who's been a two weight world champion, I just wonder where this achievement ranks in in your career. Well, I was doing something right, because <laughs> my knowledge is terrible. See, let's get straight into this because we are going to look over some uh, some of the best things to happen in boxing over the, the last few days. But most importantly, no further than the last 24 hours or so, a massive fight announced for yourself, a big domestic world title fight between yourself and Sandy Ryan for the WBO, £147 world title. How long has this been in the pipeline and what's your immediate reaction to this massive news? Oh, it's, it's an amazing fight, a great opportunity. I think it's, it's one of the fights that I need at this stage in my career. Obviously, I, um, I jumped up so many weights, 154. It, it's not, it wasn't an actual weight to me. Um, and now I've got the chance to move back down to a much more natural weight, One, well, obviously 147. 10 stone 7 is when I, I, I have my best spars. Um, like, for example, when I used to be making 9 stone 4. Whenever at 10 7, that's when I always felt like I was performing at my best. Um, and it's just an, another great opportunity, chance to become three-weight world champion and 
it's it's a great domestic world title fight, obviously with Sandy and uh, props to her for giving me the opportunity also. So, what do you make of Sandy Ryan? I know you two have sparred, which we'll talk about, but what what do you know about her? I think about her as a person and as a, a fighter as well right now. Yeah, great fighter. Um, she's very dedicated to the sport. Obviously, you see, she's I believe she's out in Vegas uh, now training. Literally just up, up, up and gone. Uh, left uh, all the distractions behind uh, home life and stuff like that. So I think that in itself shows how dedicated and serious she is about the sport. Obviously, she's been around the GB and stuff um, as an amateur. Great pedigree, and I've had great, obviously, great spars with Sandy. I think we must have done probably seven or eight spars, really. So we we have we've, we've shared a few rounds together, and um, I, I learned a lot from from those rounds and gained a lot of confidence and stuff also. And uh, yeah, like I said, it's it's a great fight and it's a great opportunity. And much thanks to Sandy for allowing me to to have the opportunity. You say you've gained a lot of confidence from the rounds you've had, whether in the gym. And I know everyone will always say, look, sparring, sparring, and what happens in the gym stays in the gym, but Deep down, do you believe what you've, you've experienced with her in the ring, in sparring, that, that you can take enough confidence from that, that this is a fight that you do become a three-way world champion in? When I say confidence, it's kind of, obviously, a couple of years back, still young, a bit naive and stuff, and you kind of look at your people like them who have been on GB and stuff, and like Sandy and stuff, like she was like some superstar to me. So so when I got the opportunity to spar, I was like, oh my God, like, it's my tra- like I got a chance to... Uh, share the ring with Sandy, like someone who's like really up there, top elite level, getting in the ring and, and sharing them rounds, realizing I think it was more like a self confidence for myself, realizing that uh, I can hold my own against against her. And obviously, like you said, it's sparring, sparring, and um, in a couple of years back now, the like them rounds. So Sandy's probably like styles changed, and my styles changed. So, but I just know it's it's going to be a great fight because we had some great spars. Um, we, we've seen Sandy have a, a bit of an up and down period in the ring. Obviously, lost to Erica Farias and avenged that. Had a, a good fight with Jessica McCaskey as well. But what do you believe beats her, Terry, in this fight? Without giving too much away, how do you visualise yourself winning this fight when it rolls around? I feel like it's the winner of this fight will be who's more mentally prepared for it. Um, I truly believe it was really built to dig deep and, and dug it out and. For me, I feel like this. I finally got the opportunity now to to be in in a great fight, proper fifty fifty fight, and I feel like it's one of them fights that's gonna fetch the best out of me. And it's kind of like when I used to play football and stuff. If you're playing a shit team, you kind of drop to their level and stuff. Um, whereas this, I'm getting in with a with a great great fighter, and it kind of motivates me, makes me want to be better, and. Every time I'm going to the gym, I'm I'm fully focused on what I need to do and uh, studying and uh, just doing everything, every little thing I can do. The other day, I was reading back on some journal, some journaling that I'd done from around the time that I was sparring Sandy. And it's always great to read back and just refresh your memory. And again, just doing little things mentally to help myself prepare for this. And yeah, the mental side's really going to come down to this fight. Really, you think it adds a bit of incentive for you as well that it is too. British fighters that you know when, when you think about what she's doing she will not want to lose to Terry Harper I assume in the same way that you want to lose to Sandy Ryan yeah it's, it's definitely a pride thing and obviously there's no beef there but no, no one wants to lose at the end of the day with I see Sandy as someone who's standing in my way from me achieving my goals same as I'm the one standing in her way for achieving 
juvenile goals. Well, what happened now, Terry, to your, your world title at 154 pounds? Is that you've done a 154 for now? Do you see yourself beating Sandy and, and campaigning at 147? Yeah, definitely. That's the plan. Collect a bell at 147 and like we just saw on the weekend, some great, great fires down in this weight division and, and just great fights to be made uh, anyway. So uh, hopefully can, I get the chance to leave the 154 days behind and uh, there's some great girls up in up in that them rankings, um, to sort of fight for fight for the belt and stuff, and yeah, I just think I think this fight's going to open up many doors and and create some great opportunities. Well, let's throw over now, Terry, to uh, Scott, who's also on the line. He's got a few questions from the fans that we can uh, just have a little debate amongst ourselves. There's only three or four. Here is uh, producer Scott. Thanks, Jamie. Yeah, Terry, you touched on it there. A uh, lot of shouts this week talking about the Jonas and Mayo fight. So it'd be good to. To get your thoughts on it, who you thought won first and foremost? And I'm not just saying it. I do. I do believe Mayo Mayo won. Um, just I think watching the fight, Jonas sat so well in the first two rounds, and uh, making Mayo fall short. Jonas looked great on the legs, um, catching Mayo with counters, um, and then I just feel like uh, Jonas started to fade. Like after the first few rounds, Mayo really came on strong. Um, I feel like the weight really suited Bayer and she just looked so much bigger and she just she looked like she wanted it more and she she really broke Tash down on the night. Would you like to to fight either Tash in, in a big rematch, Terry and I to fight you've talked about for so long, or Michaela Mayer it, it, if all goes well against Sandy Ryan? Yeah, for for me, I'm at that stage in my career where I feel like I've experienced everything. Um, I've collected the world titles and stuff, but now like. I want to be going out there and like this this next fight for me, win, lose or draw. I, I want to go out there and be, be having a great performance because I feel like my last my last couple of fights haven't been the best, nowhere near it. And I feel like it's time for me to go out there and really put on put on a good show. So that's that's the main goal for me. Um, and obviously, yeah, I'd, lo- I'd love to be um, having these mega fights with Maya. Uh, obviously, there's a big rematch with Jonas. That could be made some point in the future. Just before we go on to the next shout, Terry, I do have to ask you about what we all saw on Twitter that you turned up for the Sports Personality of the Year Awards. <laughs> sat next to Sasha Janus. <laughs> she, yeah, I think she got the hump, didn't she? Maybe with something you put on Twitter, which I think you intended to be a judge. But that was, yeah. uh, must have been a bit of a surreal experience for you. Yeah, yeah. It, it, honestly, it, we, I literally just put it on as a joke. Obviously, sat in sat in that hall. Of, last two 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 places were obviously it's outside of Jonas but um she came over to sit down and I said hello to her I asked her how Cav were going and um she couldn't give me any short answers if possible um I, I just got the vibe straight away that she didn't want to be sat there outside of me she didn't want to make conversation or anything so it was kind of one of the things I just left it as it were and uh, obviously I put that on socials just just to have a little bit of a joke and a, ban- ban- a bit of banter but Obviously, some people's humour is a little bit different, and I shouldn't really find it that funny. So, yeah, but it is what it is. <laughs> I found it funny. <laughs> <laughs> Few people did, to be fair. Producer Scott, back to you, mate. So, Haley Richards says one of the best things to happen in boxing last week was the legend Chris Cyborg returning to the boxing ring after a few years out with a big knockout. I'd love to see her in a big fight. Obviously, the uh, UFC and Bellator legend. Terry, what's your thoughts on maybe? I'll twist that towards yourself. You know, we we see Anthony Joshua and Tyson Fury both in there with Francis Ngannou. We've seen 
Conor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather being involved in big crossover fights. That fight with Chris Cyborg's a fight that Katie Taylor's long spoken about. Would you be interested in any sort of crossover bout at some stage in your career? Is it a box you wouldn't mind ticking? Yeah, definitely. I think it, it's it's mainly that I feel like that's really on the fans and, and what they want to see. I think we're, we're here to please them. They're the ones who are spending the money, so... Um, <clears throat> Like I said, there's been there's been great fights made, previous crossover fights, and um, it'd be great to see uh, one in the females, like obviously Kate Taylor and Cyborg. That'd be great to see. Um, and I just like again, it's just creating more opportunities and more mega fights uh, and more excitement for everyone or, on multiple on the, from different sports. Just a final one on on Katie before we go to the final shout. Um, we saw Chantel Cameron to to social media to to say let's get the trilogy on wherever that may be. Do you believe that is the only fight that makes sense right now for, for either of those girls, Katie and Chantel, is to have that third fight? Yeah, definitely. I think it'd be great for Katie, obviously at Croke Park. I feel like that's the fight that can really sell it out. And it'd be it'd be, it'd be interesting to watch, be able to watch and see what things had changed the third time around. And um, again, I, f- I feel like that fight had gained a lot of attention and, and do well, really. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Final shout from, from you, Mr. Hamilton. Yeah, we're sticking with the crossover theme this week. Bit of a controversial one, but Jodie Barnes says it's about time that Elle Brooke gets some credit. Her boxing has definitely improved. Mm. Well, Cherry, um, are you familiar with Misfits boxing? Uh, a little bit last year on Instagram. Is it? Right. Here's a question for you, right? And there's no right or wrong answer here. You're allowed your own opinion. Good or bad for boxing? The YouTubers, the boxing scene with misfits. What is your honest opinion? Can see both sides of the argument. Obviously, it's fetching new eyes to the sport, but also it's people's lives at risk. Like it's a, it's a serious sport, and um, it's not something that you can you can just play around at. That's that, that, that's my honest opinion. Well, Terry, thanks so much for coming on. Uh, I'm so looking forward to this fight, honestly. And I, I was saying to you just before we started the interview there that you know when you look at the response to what we've had to the, the next schedule of fights we've announced yourself and Sandy Ryan is right up there people are buzzing yeah. for this fight I know you're buzzing for this fight as well and uh, uh, I'm really looking forward to coming and seeing you in camp and yeah. giving this fight the storyline that it deserves as well so stay healthy stay fresh in camp and uh, we'll catch up with you very soon thank you David well this week we were thinking of guests we could get on in and around the Belfast area and who better than the hardest man in Ireland? Exactly. Mr. Tyrone McKenna, welcome. Do you know what? I'm actually feeling a bit nervous here. Are you? Because, well, look, I don't normally get nervous, but you run a very successful podcast yeah. yourself. Yeah. Sorry, I'm a little cream little crap. I know, so I, I'm eager to impress I'm you. podcast royal. <laughs> <laughs> How are you, mate? I'm good. I'm just, as I said, getting fat. Over Christmas time, I'm retired now. I'm an old man, so I've just let myself go. When you think back, because it, it was pretty immediately, wasn't it, after... The fight after the Battle of Belfast. Mm-hmm. You, was it something in your mind headed into the fight? Did you always think, if I'm not successful here, that will be it? What, what was the whole process? Way at the start of the year, I said, Look, I'm getting older. I'm, I'm, I've noticed I'm done my last kind of phase of my career. And I just said, The next fight that I lose is my last fight. Basically, I just spent time with my missus and my, my kids and stuff. So I didn't think the, the, the last, the, the next fight I had would be my last fight, but I was hoping maybe I could. Could pass Lewis Cracker and maybe have one massive fight. Uh, um, but unfortunately, it didn't happen. And I'm a very spontaneous man. 
once something comes into my mind, I just like, automatically I impulsive. Sorry, Valentina's impulsive. Once something's in my mind, I just want to do it. So as soon as I got beat, I was up to about five and one, just sitting. The, you can't you can't sleep after a fight. Adrenaline coming for you. So I was just sitting there, I was like, you know, I'm retiring tomorrow. Next day, I retired. And then about a week after, I was like, oh, shit, I've done that. <laughs> but now it's too late. I had a, a reception in, in the, the city hall with the Lord Mayor. So, I mean, if he, if he said I'm retired, I'm retired. I can't come back now. <laughs> Did he give you the official title as the hardest man in all? Uh, yeah, listen, that was his first thing he said. He loves boxing. So, uh, he knows fully well that I'm the hardest man in Ireland. Absolutely. That's why I'm treading carefully here, asking you the nice <laughs> questions. When you were... When you think back to that battle, the battle of Belfast, mm-hmm. it, it gained a lot of traction, didn't it? In the build-up, yeah. everyone was buzzing for that fight. Do you know what? I actually shocked myself sometimes. He, he hit me a hook and I, or an uppercut, and I went, whoa, why am I still standing up here? It was insane. <laughs> I was want to say, I, I remember, I think it might have been Barry Jones I was talking to, and he was just like, what is this guy yeah. made out of? I haven't watched the bag yet. I haven't, haven't had the, uh, I don't know, courage to watch the bag yet, but uh, I heard I heard they were all saying nice stuff in the commentary, and then, I mean, I got a lot of respect for for. I know it sounds silly getting to the time frame, but as I said, it wasn't my weight class. He was, I kind of knew he was in trouble. I jumped on the scales before I went to the, the SSE arena. And usually I put on about a stone after my weight. And uh, I jumped on the scale and I put on three pounds. And I went, you know what? He's going to come in massively. Much bigger, yeah. Uh, massive compared to me. And, uh, and then I seen he was wearing, he usually wears the Nardos. I wore the Nardos today. That day he was wearing Cleeter Rays. I just looked and imagine what this man. It's going to do some damage tonight. <laughs> but I, I tried my best. I, I th- anyone that knows boxing knows how hard it is to, to compete with someone who's that much bigger than you. Um, so my, my punches weren't having an effect. I could see they weren't having an effect. And he was just shrugging them off and coming forward and, and hit me some big, big shots. So it was, unfortunately, my last fate was that fate. But again, I've had an unbelievable career. And, and I think you've seen that night that I've had an unbelievable uh, support my career um, even even when I was getting battered we're still screaming so I'm um, still proud of my career and, and proud of, of how much I've achieved rightfully so I should be very proud of yourself and it was a, a great fight and a great atmosphere in terms of what we're expecting this weekend two men mm-hmm. you've shared the ring with of course yep. Jose Felix in 2021 yep. I believe and, and of course Lewis Crocker most recently in that battle of Belfast how do you see that one unfolding? it's tough I mean Jose is a tough, tough man. He's been with some big, big punchers, um, and he's never been knocked out. I don't think. I don't think he has. And um, but again, this is as he jumped up a weight level yep. to fight me. He's now going up two weights to fight Lewis. And as I said, Lewis isn't an average welterweight. He, he really fills out. He he's a heavy-handed man. Um, I love Felix. I do. He's a legend. He's always up for a war. He's he's a nice person. He's a hard trainer. But I just think this is going to be too much of an ask for him. I think Lewis is far too big for him. Far too big. Do you think that would be the key difference? Will, will be size? Yeah. Like I don't. Like I had a game plan going into Lewis, and it was uh, like that's box for four rounds, and then maybe he'll start draining, and I can I can start exploiting him and and come heavy uh, the last six rounds. But uh, he's just so big that you can't even risk doing doing a game plan. You just have to cover up and hope for the best because he. he, he Especially when you're jumping up two weights, I was jumping up one one weight class. And he was too heavy, so I just think he's going to be too much. I think I think Jose does hit hard, but I don't think he's going to affect Lewis. I don't think that I don't think he's going to carry the fate, the weight and the power up two weight classes. This section of this podcast, uh, Tyrone, is actually called dealing with defeat, and I think you are a fighter who has 
dealt with defeat so well, you know, when it, well, you have been faced with setbacks in your career. Because at what point for you has it been, you know, wanting to entertain the fans and when there has been a setback that's come your way? How have you how have you always been able to, sh- to shine for it? My setbacks are kind of different from a lot of fighters where are scared to go near good fighters in case they get beat. So the end of fighting mediocre fighters and then getting beat by them is, and that looks terrible. Whereas I fight the best always, or as whatever's the best fighter put to me, I fight. So when I do get a defeat, it's not the end of the world for me, I don't think. I think I, I can say here, look, he, he's world champion or he, he's unbelievable. So I can be, I can help, hold my head up high uh, when I do get a defeat. Um, and then also, it's boxing. You're not going to be unbelievable every day. I mean, some days are off. There's some days that are going to box better than you, and, and you just have to learn to deal with. It. And I think a loss is never the end of career. I mean, there's people look at Tennyson. Tennyson got beat by a journeyman. Got knocked out by a journeyman, and then a few fights later, he's fighting for world title. So people just need to realize that just take the chances, take the opportunities. Um, they're always, always bouncing back. I mean, Tommy, Tommy's had a few defeats now. Tommy McCarthy. And he, he's always getting in the lane for big. There's a, a massive fight for him again, a massive opportunity. So I think your career actually starts kicking off when you get a defeat. People aren't scared of him. People are like, oh, he's all defeated. Once you have a defeat, to see the flaws, they go, he's not unbeatable. So then you start getting more opportunities. So I think just take the big fights and not worry about the loss or the win. As long as you're progressing your career, you're building, you might snakes and ladders, as everyone says. You may go a bit and then fall down a bit and then go back up. But there's always opportunities, there's always a fight there, as long as you are entertaining. And inside arms, I'd say the ring. When you look at this fight for Tommy, you said there that, you know, you'd, you'd made decisions behind the scenes that the next fight you lost, mm. you'd be calling it a day. What fires do you believe still burn in, in the belly of your mate Tommy McCarthy? There wasn't much fire burning in him from the start of the year. He was, he was going through the motions, didn't really like training, wasn't liking, liking, liking much. It was, it was kind of hitting boxing, really. But, uh, from this camp it's completely different this is a new Tommy McCarthy I haven't seen the fire in his belly as much in a long long time since maybe before Chris Billion Smith fights um, he's training with my mates now um, Paddy Gallen and Mark Ginley and he's loving it he's, he's going to train with a buzz um, he, he's sparring unbelievable he's just, he feels like he's got more to prove because his mates are training him like he can't let down the mates I mean if he's in the group chat he's going to get slated if he gets beat so he can't come in the group, group chat the next day with a defeat, basically. So He thinks it's going to come down to experience. He thinks it's a bit too soon yeah. for Chef Clark, who's an Olympian, of course, but yeah. being fast-tracked, what's your take on, on how you see him winning? I do think that, I think that Tommy's on the slide. Um, that they think uh, he's, he's had a few defeats now. We can, we can get him. He's a bit of a name. Um, it's, a good, it's a good stepping stone, but I think they're overlooking it, I think. They're looking at a Tommy that didn't love boxing. And right now, this week, they're looking at a Tommy that loves boxing that's really, really involved and, and excited. And I'm excited to see it. I, th- I really think. And I don't usually say that. Hand to God, I think Tommy McCarthy knocks him out. We cannot wait. Chev Clark, Tommy McCarthy, your chief support live from yep. the Ulster Hall in Belfast on the zone on Saturday night. Tyron, just bring it back to yourself because when, you know, when boxers, I think, retire from the sport, there is a bit of a period of time when they think well what is my calling mm. what now you know I'd always look at Darren Barker he's the most content man in the world he's found his <laughs> on the commentary desk and, and it's his passion yeah. for you you're in a good position right because you've been running a very successful podcast mm. the Whiskey and White podcast shout out to that go and listen mm. to that on, on all your yeah. preferred uh, streaming podcast platforms you've been an actor 
as well. You've started alongside the likes of Robert Carlyle from back in the day, and that's where the mighty Celt nickname exactly. came from. So, you know, what, what's in your mind? What, what's the next chapter? From me and Tommy aren't stupid. We've got the, the podcast going, but we've also rewrote his boxing script, um, boxing TV series. Uh, BBC are very excited about that. We just shot the pilot for it. So hopefully the BBC get back to us and they're, they're happy with it and get a, a six-episode series. But uh, other than that, I mean, as you said, the podcast is flying. I've got an app coming out, starting the boot. Download it when it comes out. It's a, it's a Guinness app. Well, it's a start up. What's, uh, what's, what is the entire, like the best style? Uh, you, you just go about every bar. It's, it's Every bar is in it. It tells you, say you're in Belfast, you want a Guinness. You just say, where's the best Guinness? It tells you the five best Guinness around your area. You go in, you read it yourself. It's all user rated. And um, yeah, it's going to kick off. I mean, it's a great idea. Guinness, <laughs> our stout is a massive thing in Ireland, so I'm a big stout drinker. Um, it'll be out in the next couple of months. On the boxing series? Yep. So are you in it? Boxing. You, no, have you have you wrote this series? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you, are you in it? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, my, it's more or less my, me and Tommy's journey. Oh, wow. Okay. In boxing, um, trying to make it. Obviously, I think like boxers have this kind of attitude where if you're on TV, everyone's seeing you around there, you're thinking, oh, this guy's a celebrity, he's rich, he's loaded. But in reality, at the very start of your career, you're not making much money, if you are, even if you are on TV, and you're struggling to pay bills. So where we celebrities are in our local area, and on the, in reality, we can't pay our electric bills, we can't pay our heat, and we're trying to make ends meet, doing stupid wee odd jobs. While trying to keep it fire lit for our big dream of, of getting out of West Belfast and then the a fancy area in, in Belfast. And you did it? Well, no, I'm I'm in the I'm in the place where I grew up. <laughs> <laughs> I would I actually stop me moving out, Tommy wanting to move out. I would never move out of my, my area. BT eleven. Great area. So what's the end of the, the end of the series as you walk in here to take part on the match this with Pogos? This is it's just the end. the end of the se- series is me walking out, he's fading Seth Clark and um yeah, he wins. That's it. That's it. Great stuff. Tyron, catch up with you like this week, mate. Thank you. Top man, Tyron McKenna, ladies and gentlemen. Well, Scott, eight weeks later, the final UK show of the year is the opening show of 2024. We're back in Belfast. Cool. When you put it like that, it, it kind of doesn't feel like eight weeks, but then it does at the same time. Yeah. We've had a couple of shows in between, obviously. But yeah, I can vividly remember being downstairs in this hotel. After the show, yeah, there was a few Guinnesses can see that night. Heavy night, that. That was a good laugh. It was a good laugh. My uh, one of my heroes was was floating around, former Celtic captain Scott Brown. What's what's this on the agenda? Oh, you've got to move on. Um, <laughs> Chef Clark and Tom Dowdle. Shout out Scott Brown. Um, but yeah, big big show again in Belfast. And you know when you look at well, big show in Belfast. Seven fight card beginning at six p.m. before the bell. Usual matchroom and the zone social channels. Um, I think when you look at some of the fights on this card, I think the one that is really sticking out is Chef Clark and Tommy McCarthy. You know, when you listen to people in and around the Tommy McCarthy camp, I know everyone always says it, and that's why I'm I'm never sure what to believe. You know, you, you hear fighters saying, no, listen, this is the best camp I've ever had. And, you know, you, you hear the usual cliches, don't you, in, in fight week. But I'm quite good friends with, with Tommy McCarthy, as I am with Chef Clark. But, you know, just listening to Tommy speaking way away from camera just to him one-on-one he truly has found a, a bit of a love for the sport again which perhaps had died out before that last fight he had with, with Sislak definitely and I think the change of training teams can help you know spark that reignite that that interest and the fact he's training alongside Paddy Gallagher who's you know been on the the scene for a long time I remember his name be Callum Smith for a long time ago I think he was in the Commonwealths 
he's been around and gone professional, retired and now become a trainer of his own. And Tyrone just said on the on the chat there, the fact he's training with his mates, I think it's just maybe mentally just freshened it up as well. So and I, yeah, and I think like in in Tommy's head, he's a bit perplexed, big word, as to uh, why Chev believes he's even in the same world as him right now after seven fights. You know, Chev was an Olympian. There's always that argument. You know, the the Olympic pedigree and the amateur pedigree, you know, does tend to mean that as a professional, you can move. A little bit quicker and you might not necessarily want to be in and have the rounds with a journeyman because of the the circuit you've been on as an amateur but Tommy seems to think Chev hasn't had that he's not been really impressed I don't think with his amateur showing and, and also what he's shown as a professional so far yeah it's interesting what you said earlier when he was speaking to media day I kind of got the impression maybe Tommy's falling out of love with boxing coincided with Chev turning pro so maybe that's the reason he hasn't necessarily been aware of him but at the same time, I love the vibe from both of them. The the complete stark contrast switch. I love that. And I think it's a really good fight, actually. Yeah. I think, you know, coming off of the back of a defeat, like Tommy has done, and the landscape of the division at the minute, a lot of the guys at the top are kind of tied up, really. Tommy said himself, you know, he's he's so close to knocking at the door of a world title. But actually, you know, Chev's now got the WBA title. I think he won in his last fight. IBF, he won IBF sorry. This, this, is, for this is for the WBA. So all of a sudden, you know, Chev Clark's not that far off of yeah. the title. So... That's what makes it an interesting fight, I think, in more ways than one. And also the styles as well. Yeah. Well, I, I would disagree with Tommy. I think Chev out of the Olympic crop from, from Tokyo has been one of the more exciting professionals. Yep. Um, I think every fight he's been in has been entertaining in, in some way or another. And I think his last few performances in particular, you know, he's really been putting his shots together nicely and, and getting solid opponents like David Jameson, Vasil Dutz, so, you know, been doing a job on the on these guys yep. really. So excited to see that. Excited to see how that one unfolds. Two of boxing good guys. Um can't give me words out. Two of boxing's good guys, Chev Clark, Tommy McCarthy, Clyde over 10 rounds in the chief support, which will lead us in nicely to the main event. And Lewis Crocker, Jose Felix, obviously Jose broke broke the hearts of many, didn't he, when he when he beat Gary Cully in Dublin last May. But I think, you know, when you look at the size difference. From the weight to the exact. I think the weight, yeah. you, know, he, you know, I remember he, I've, I've watched him, Jose Felix, ringside a few times in Barcelona when he boxed Sandor Martin. I think that would have been at 140. You know, it's a big gap. You know, even box Gary Cully, what well, that would have been one three five, would it? Yep, down yep. at lightweight to step it's up. It's weight divisions for a reason. Yeah, there step is. up to one four seven and fight Crocker, who's not a small man. It might be a big factor in this fight. Yeah, that's my way of looking at it. But we probably said the same about Cully. You know, they yeah. step too far and whatnot, and take away the, the weight element there. You never know. But you'd fancy the fresher man here. I think so much on the line for him. You know, had four fights last year, looked decent in the last two. Um, destructive, obviously in. Uh, Back in in December, I think with the, the the carrot being dangled now as you're the man in Belfast, I think that probably just raise his own game as well. And here's a card of welterweights. Uh, Connor Walker also in action. Obviously, we, we disappointingly lost the fight with Cyrus Pattinson in the rematch. We wish Cyrus all the best in, in his recovery from injury. But good to see Connor Walker back out and in a good fight with with Lloyd Germain. And I guess when you look at that scene, you know, Paddy Donovan made it no secret. You know, he would love to fight Connor Walker. He'd love to fight. Lewis Crocker, these are all fights I think we're going to start being made. Yeah, I think it's got to a stage now where let's just fight. I think the, the politics and I don't want to fight him kind of feels like maybe that mantra, that narrative slightly. Saudi's got something to do with that. Possibly. And look, a defeat, how many times have we said before on this on this podcast, that's why we've got a section dealing with defeat. A defeat's not the end of the world. If you lose, you can come back. It's not this not the end of the world. Yeah, I said it to Sonny Edwards, who this is the first time I've seen him since the BAM fight. And I said to him, look, I honestly think you deserve so much credit. Because the sport is truly starved. Well, before the Saudi stuff kicked off, you know, it was 
was starved of the best fight and the best. Yeah. I think he deserved a lot of credit. And what a great fight it was. He did. Disgrace himself what, no, whatsoever. No. You know, he'll get a massive fight off the back of it and probably a world title fight back into the year. Yeah, and I don't think it is necessarily, you know, always politics of promoters and broadcasters. You know, sometimes, like you said, I think the fighters, because it's such a ruthless business, there is a, a certain hesitancy of of losing and what it might mean for their career. And you, you can't begrudge the fighters for that. No, no. I think they need to be, you know, be told that, you know, this isn't the end, whatever happens, and get rewarded for taking the tougher fights too. Yeah, talking of losing, someone who's, you know, come back, John Ryder. You know, he's had defeats yeah, in his exactly. career. And look where he is now. You know, his last time out against Canelo and another massive fight this Saturday. Munguia's, was he, 42-0? and You beat him and then you're, you know, banging line for another huge fight, another big payday, and maybe another world title shot. You never know. John, come on. So we're going to watch it after the after the show, presumably. What time will that be on? Four-ish. I've got a flight at half six, so I'm going to have to leave here. Are you going to stay up all the way through? Probably, yeah. I don't drink during the week because I've got responsibilities now and I have to be adult. But it is always after the show. You, you can indulge in a good show of success, can't you? One or two. We're coming up this week on Coach Trip. Good to be doing one in person. Usually we do one over Zoom. Paddy, the real deal, Donovan. Paddy, how are you, mate? Great. Great to be here. Great to be back in Belfast and... Looking forward to Saturday night. What a year you had last year. I mean, when you look at not just the opportunities and really emerging onto the the big stage with Matchroom and Design, but we were talking about it a little bit earlier in your media day slot, but to win the fights in the fashion that you did on the big stage, what what were you able to, to take from the last 12 months in particular? Yeah, it's a valuable experience. You know, at the start of the year, I had nine professional fights, finished on 12, uh, three fights in the year, three knockouts, so experience um would have liked to see the fights going a bit longer to get that um in more endurance for the big time boxing but yeah great year great learning and uh, improving every single fight so that's the main thing for me and we were saying like you know when you look at people talking about emerging talents the name paddy donovan keeps coming up now mm. what's in the way of you achieving your dreams in your opinion um Look, I just need to keep grounded, keep working hard. It's great to be mentioned alongside of some of the best welterweights in the world. Um, ranked in the top 13 now, so that's that's unbelievable for me after 13 professional fights. But yeah, I'm getting trained by one of the best coaches in the world, my dad. So yeah, keep grounded, keep learning, and um, let's see how far this, this train can go. How's the, uh, how's the energy been, obviously, in and around the gym? And I know Andy sometimes goes away with, with Joseph, and I think they train in yeah. Dublin as Dub- well, don't they, with yourself? and. Yeah. How's the energy been, obviously, after that massive win against Deontay Wilder? Yeah, it was absolutely brilliant. Uh, it was brilliant to be there. It's just an amazing feeling, just sitting ringside so close to the action, watching two of the top five heavyweights in the world go at it. So, yeah, great for our team, great for Andy, and great for me. Um, for the last couple of be- weeks, I've been my, spending my camp in Dublin, so we just got to see the the ends of Joseph landing in a few days ago. So, yeah, great to see him again. He's looking good. Good to see him back in the gym and... He's obviously planning another big year. But you were in Saudi? Yeah, Saudi. Did you meet Cristiano Ronaldo? I did. Just did? Slightly. I got to see him from a distance. But yeah, good to see him. Didn't right. get to greet him, but yeah. How could you miss Paddy? He was in the ring, <laughs> throwing Joseph Parker in you. Do you know what? Do you know how I missed it? I was drunk <laughs> in, a, in a pub. The best. But lucky he was in Dubai. You get in trouble for that now, I hope. <laughs> but um, no, it was a special night. What, what a win for Joe. He's, he's one of them guys, like, you just want him to have absolutely everything that he wants. Yeah, he's just a lovable person. Even having him in the gym, um, the way he takes care of you, 
my he just feels like a big brother to everybody, you know, he's just been such a big figure and so uh muscular. It, every time he hugs you, you just feel like a younger brother automatically. So yeah, it's just he's a great guy and you just want nothing but the best for him. And I think anything he's getting from these fights and the results he's been having lately I think is because um, he's such a great guy great guy at heart great family man and, and he's a really true believer of God so yeah he deserves everything he's getting Echo those sports massive shout out to, to Joseph Parker I've read of the podcast as well he's been on before so massive shout out to Joe um, for you Paddy Williams Herrera this weekend is there an interest to you know we're talking about the, the form and everyone always says in boxing you're only as good as your last fight mm-hmm. Is there an interest for you to keep your name on everyone's lips and, and really look good on Saturday? Yeah, look, we don't want to overlook him. He's coming to win. He's never been stopped. 13 wins from 15. Um, them South American fighters can be really, really tough. But yeah, I'm not going to hide the fact that I want to knock him out. That's my plan. Um, work on what I've been working on in the gym, set up the big shots and hopefully get the knockout. So I'm not going to hide... What I'm going to do, I'm going to try and knock him out. So I'm in Ireland, the home fans, so why not push for it? Ticks a few boxes, doesn't he, Scott? Paddy Donovan, looks good, can speak well. Even a commentator now can knock yeah. him out, really punch. Full package. <laughs> the full package, absolutely. Um, look forward to welcoming Paddy Donovan back to the big stage on Design Professional Fight. Number 13 for him this weekend. Paddy, we do move on to the coach trip mm. part of the quiz here. I gave you a little bit of a brief just before we started. Yeah. It is a bit of fun. It's all for charity. Okay. Essentially, it's a quiz built around your friend, mentor and coach, former middleweight world champion, Mr. Andy Lee. I'm going to throw over to Scott now, who is going to be the, the quiz master, if you like, to throw some questions your way. And let's see where you end up on the leaderboard. Are you ready, Paddy? I'm going to try. Hopefully, I don't get too many wrong and, and he slaughters me when he gets me back to Dublin. <laughs> so, yeah. Here we go. Hopefully, it goes well. I don't think Andy was too confident when we uh, yeah. spoke to him yesterday. But so there you go. Rhiannon Dixon's top of the league was seven last week. So yeah. that's the uh, the benchmark. As Jamie says, if you're in the top at the end of the series, you get in line for a charity pal as Andy Lee. Get up. In our, last, uh, in our last quiz, last series. So if you're ready, we'll begin. Here we go. Okay, question number one of ten. Who is Andy's favourite fighter of all time? Is it A, Roy Jones Jr.? Is it B, Bernard Hopkins? Or is it C, Marvin Hagler? Uh, I'm going to put it down to Roy Jones Jr. and Marvin Hagler. Roy Jones Jr. always speaks well about Andy, and he always speaks well about him. So that could be that could be very intriguing. But I'm going to go with Hagler. I think war. I think Andy believes in having tough fights, so I'm going to go with Hagler. Final answer? Final answer. Oh. Uh, if you would have gone with your gut and gone with Roy Jones, it would have been right. Roy Jones Jr. Yeah. Number two, what's Andy's favourite fight of all time? Is it A, Larry Holmes versus Ken Norton? Is it B, Tyson Fury versus Deontay Wilder 3? Or is it three, Thomas Hearns versus James Schuler? Thomas Hearns just seems to be turning out of nowhere now. Um, so Holmes Norton, Fury Wilder 3, or the Hearns Schuler fight? I'm going to go Wilder and Fury 3. No, it's wrong. It's wrong. It's bad C. start here now, guys. Not bad Hearns versus Schuler. And what you should have done there is tr- you said that Thomas. Yeah, just turn in there. Should have guessed that, shouldn't I? But you zero from two here. So it's going Bad start, but listen, I could finish strong. We never know. Quite, I was quite surprised you picked that. You know, you should watch it back because it only lasts around that fight. It's a bit of a tear up. Um, Hearns knocks him out, and then unfortunately James Shuler passed away one week later. Oh, a bit of a sad story. So maybe that's behind Andy's sort of uh, logic there. Question number three. We need a point here to give you man. I'm sweating. Number three, excluding boxing, who is Andy's sporting hero? 
Is it A, Rory McIlroy, B, Roy Keane, or C, Brian O'Driscoll? So we've got golf, football, or rugby there. Man, man. I'm going to go with Roy Keane. Yes, you're on. Yep. You got one wrong. Here we go. You got one. You got one. You got one. Not a bad start. Well, one out of three. Some three, you're on. You could go on a bit of a time. Come on. Question number four. What's Andy's favourite song? Is it A, Take Me Out by Franz Ferdinand? Is it B, We Share the Same Sky by The Cribs? Or is it C, Zombie by The Cranberries? Zombie. Oh, the Cribs. Oh, oh. Yeah, The Cribs. He always plays that in the gym. So, yeah, I'm going to go with The Cribs. We'll let you off. We'll give you that. <laughs> That's right. Just about being Justin, Justin, Justin. Two from two. Plays them a lot in the gym, so, yeah. What's Andy's favourite holiday destination? Is it A, South of France? B, South of Spain, or C, South Africa? South of France. Correct. There we go, three in a row now, only in a row. Because he always goes there, any chance he gets straight to France. Number six, what's Andy's favorite takeaway? Is it A, Italian, B, Chinese, or C, Indian? Indian. Correct. Woo! On a roll. I'm back. On a roll. Well, Jay, come back. Number seven. Uh, He just likes... Have an Indian food, yeah. We're not much, anytime that we get our chance to go out with Joseph and stuff, it'd be Indian more than Chinese or any other food. He likes sushi. He's a big lover of sushi, so... Christian number seven. Where does Andy do his food shopping? Is it A, Sainsbury's, B, Tesco, or C, Marks and Spencer's? It's a bit of a potluck question, that. Good luck. Um, I'm going to go with Tesco. He's got it right again. Get it up. Right, look at that. Five in a row. Yeah, there's something in the air. Tell you what, if you get the next three right... You go to the top of the leaderboard. Do you know what I like? I'm, I don't need another reason to like Andy Lee. You know, I've had people on who's all weight tros and the money goes to their head a little bit. Yeah, okay. At least we know Andy Lee's humble, likes a meal deal. <laughs> Question number eight. What is Andy's shoe size? Is it A9, B10 or C11? Andy is size 10, I think. The streets come to an end. No. It's C11, I'm afraid. Oh, so man. close, so close. But, well, Anthony Crawler, Anthony Crawler lied about his shoe size last week and so everywhere in the gym pick up yeah. a pair of Andy's tracks well he's boxing with roughly 11 I think so you need to double check and if he's lying out him tomorrow the yeah I'm going to throw him in the river or something and <laughs> get my hands at him well if you get the next two right you still go to the joint top yeah. so still a lot to play for question number nine what is Andy's birthday is it the 11th of June the 12th of June or the 13th of June I was thinking Andy's birthday falls on the 11th? Correct. Yes. Wow. Well, we're going into the last one. This could be a... Ooh, he, he'll enjoy that one. I think if you get this right, <laughs> you might be joined top of the league. Oh, the pressure is on, but I'm made for the pressure. Here we go. Paddy Goldman, are you ready? All eyes on me. How are the nerves? They're all right. Hanging in there. Just see the sweat running down. You're coming down slowly. <laughs> Get me tissue. Here we go. Number 10. Final question. What is you know the hero zoop, I guess this way. <laughs> what is Andy's pet hate of you? Is it A, your nickname, the real deal? Is it B, your papping fight gloves? Or is it C, the fact that you punch harder than him? Well, I'm going to say punch her harder than him because I do. So that might upset him. Well, it's true. You got it right? Yes. Yeah, there we go. Ten. So do we have one more question? No, that's it. So you, as it stands, you're joined top of Rhiannon Dixon. At the end Unless of the someone overtakes. Yeah. At the end of the series, if it's a tie, maybe we'll do like a Zoom sort of special. Yeah, we can do that. I'm, I'm happy. If you are, that's not bad. You, you really not turned bad. around. I started really bad, but I finished strong. They say, well, they that's say boxing. That's how you come back yep. from defeat that defines a man, right? Also... Uh, I just want to talk to you really quickly just before we do let you go. If you are to win this, uh, I know you've you've spoken out very openly recently about causes very close to your heart. Yeah. Um, 
what would be your chosen charity and why right now? Uh, Pieta House. Um, it's probably one of the biggest in the world right now. Um, yeah, so it affects everybody. Suicide and uh, it's suicide prevention charity. So yeah, I couldn't pick any better charity than Pieta House. That'll be my chosen choice. Great words, buddy. Great words. Echo all those thoughts as well. Thanks for playing today, mate. That was hopefully, fun. hopefully I get the the nod. We hope so. The win. We hope so. I enjoyed that. Yeah, that was, was good. That was good. Um, see you at a press conference tomorrow. Yep. Expect some energy. Bit of yep. fun and games. Will do. And uh, first face to face with you, William Torreira. Yep. So uh, let's have a fi- final message to the fans, Pad. What happens on Saturday night? Yeah, tune in. Don't miss it. If you're in Belfast and you can make it, be there. If you can't, make sure you tune in to uh, the Zone Boxing Matchroom Boxing, and I promise to perform. Paddy, real deal Donovan back this Saturday night. Thank you so much. Thanks for coming on, mate. Well, that's it for today's show. Big reminder, seven fight card coming your way live from Ulster Hall here in Belfast, topped by that welterweight cracker between Lewis Crocker and Jose Felix. Live, one place to watch it all, and that is Design. Thanks to our guests today, Tony Bellew, Terry Harper, Tyrone McKenna, and Paddy Donovan. Before we go, don't forget to give us a follow or subscribe across your preferred podcast platform, and we'll see you in Las Vegas next week. Before then, it's Crocker versus Felix live on Design. Thank you.